Well, today, I'm not going to waste any time because today's lesson, it's not super long, but it's longer than the ones that we've normally done, but it's awesome. So I'm just going to jump right in, but we're going to pray real quick first. So dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for who you are and your goodness and your love for us. We just honor you and we praise you, and we're just excited to be with you today. God, we just pray for favor over this message and pray for favor over the service as a whole, both in here, but in Super Kids in the nursery, and we just love you, and we're excited to spend time with you. In your name, amen. amen. So today's lesson is on the authority of the believer, and it oh, it's so good. It what, It's so good that I'm sputtering, because it's lessons like this that once you realize whose you are, it completely changes everything for you. So it starts off by saying, God has given us authority as believers. In order to address this, we're going to have to deal not only with the authority that we have, but the authority of Satan, because he's been blown out of proportion. And that's so incredibly true. You hear all the time, I mean, you go into insurance companies, and insurance companies will offer you like things like, God-led disasters and stuff. And that's not God. And then you hear stuff about Satan doing this over here and Satan doing this over here. And it makes it seem like Satan's this great, big, huge, big, bad guy when Satan's got nothing on us. Christians have been led to believe that we are fighting a being whose power is superior to ours and that we are just barely able to cope with them or to cope with him. And that's not what the scripture teaches at all. It does say in Ephesians 6.12, and I, do we have that in NLT back? Oh, you're so good, J.D. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So Satan's a factor. I mean, he exists. If I was up here going, well, Satan's not real. You guys just have a hunky-dory day. Then I would be lying. But so, I mean, he's real. And he has a hierarchy of principalities and powers that we're dealing with. But in the verse before that, and JD, I don't know if you can throw that up at all. I'm so sorry. I meant to ask you before. But if you could put up Ephesians 6.11, it says in the verse before that, that we have to stand against the wiles of the devil. And Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So it's not that you put on God's armor and then you're going to have to fight really hard and you could still lose. It's you put on all of God's armor and you're going to stand firm against the devil. The devil's not going to be able to knock you down or knock you over. The only power that Satan has over us is deception. He does not have the power to overcome us. He doesn't. So in Genesis 3, we see that when the first temptation came against Adam and Eve, Satan didn't come with a superior force. For instance, instead of inhabiting a mammoth or an elephant or some other giant creature, he inhabited a snake. He didn't come at them saying, serve me or die. He came at them in this like little tiny little Slytherin thing. And because the snake was the most subtle creature that God had made. And the word subtle means sly, deceptive, or cunning. The reason Satan came through the snake was because he really didn't have the power to force Adam and Eve to do anything. He could only deceive. 
And see, I read that, and what immediately popped into my head was The Wizard of Oz. Um, and, I mean, I don't know how many of you have seen it, but the very basic premise is that there's this great big all-powerful Oz that can do anything and change anything and fix everything, and he's great and awesome. And then Dorothy gets there, and it's this tiny little, like, little baby guy who can't do anything. He's all, like, squirmy and whatever because he's put on this facade. He's put on this persona of I'm all big and bad, but you take away the mask and he's nothing. He doesn't have any sort of power except what he's made people think he can do. And that's what Satan has done. He's tricked us into thinking that he's this huge, big, powerful guy that can wipe us out in one fell swoop, when in actuality he's this tiny little defeated foe that can't touch us. Satan came through the snake because he didn't have the power to force Adam and Eve to do anything. He could only deceive. He came against the nature and character of God and began to criticize God, saying, God doesn't really love you. He's holding things back from you. He used deception to tempt Adam and Eve to sin against God. They were the ones with all the authority, and that's the reason that Satan had to deceive them, because he didn't have the power to come against God. And then Andrew Womack goes on to say, there's so much more that I don't have time to go into, but one of the main points I want to get across is concerning the authority of the believer. You have to recognize that Satan has zero power over you. Nothing. He has nothing over you. Nothing at all. He is a defeated foe. His only power against you is to come against you with lies and deception. And now this may step on your toes, but it's going to be a really good stepping on your toes. Because if your life is being destroyed, if you're being attacked, if you have stuff that's coming up against you, you can say, Satan is the one who's firing shots at me, but you're the one who's giving him the ammunition. You're the one who has to respond to his lies and deception. And if you don't yield yourself to Satan, if you don't give him any leeway, he doesn't have a single way to get to you. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it says, if you don't have it, I'll just read it in the KJV. Oh, you're so good. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. It's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. And so I'm going to pause right here because that verse is key. And if you'll leave it up for a second. When you hear the you're giving Satan the ammunition and it's up to you to stand against him. I'm not saying that Sharon in the flesh, Sharon as a person by herself, that she's going to be able to withstand Satan I'm saying that Satan is, or that Satan, that Sharon is qualified through God. I'm saying that her strength comes from God. And when you clothe yourself in the armor of God, as it said a few verses ago, and you realize that you are kept by God, Satan can't touch you. That's where your strength comes from. That's where the empowerment comes from. You cannot be touched when you realize and stand on the fact that you're God's and God's alone. Because when you realize whose you are, when you realize that you are God's, that you are a child of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, 
Nothing and no one can come at you and win. Nothing and no one. These scriptures, the ones that we just read, are talking about the weapons of your warfare. And every weapon mentioned refers to your mind dealing with your thoughts. Satan doesn't have the power to do anything to you except through deception. And that goes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago, about renewing your mind. Because it's not always just this easy thing of, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, nothing's going to touch me, I live in the bubble, I'm awesome. You have to train your mind to realize, I am a child of God. You have to train your mind to think on the things of God, to think on the things that are pure and lovely and good and honorable and of virtue and of good reputation. You have to train yourself to do that because, as we talked about, when you meditate on the bad things that could happen, those are the things that you're going to give life to. Those are the things that are going to end up happening because you've prepared yourself for them. And if they don't happen, then you've wasted all of this energy on stuff God never told you to touch in the first place. Realizing that you're a child of God's, that's something that you have to train yourself to continue to remember because Satan's not just going to leave you alone that first time. You're like, I'm a child of God's, back off. He's going to come back and try and trick you with, well, you're a child of God's, but you messed up yesterday. Do you remember that? And all of a sudden, you're gonna, it, it has the potential to make you start to slip and start to forget it. But it's a matter of choosing your thoughts, putting your mind on the things of God, and focusing on those. That's where Satan loses his power, is when we give him nothing. And that was only page one, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to be 95% of Brian today. Um, okay. <laughs> Andrew continues on, I want to quickly summarize some things. In the beginning, God, of course, had all authority. And now, this, this particular section is one that I think it's really important. Because I know that for me personally, I was brought up in, obviously, I lived in Maine. For those of you that don't know, I lived in Maine. Um, and the, the church I went to, I went to Baptist churches for a really long time. And the churches that I went to preached on, well, what will happen will happen. And what God's will will continue to be God's will. Even if we miss it, God's will is going to happen. And you know what? That's, it, that's not entirely true. It's not. And so when I came down here and I started attending this church and I heard Brian preaching on the authority that we have as a child of God, it pricked my flesh and it bothered me because it went against all teaching that I had ever had. But this section is going to really highlight a lot of truth. So in the beginning, God, of course, had all authority. All power and authority has to come from God because he is the only one that has power in himself. Everything else is delegated from him. And just a really quick sidebar, how cool is that? God chose to give you power. God chose to give me power as his daughter. He's like, here, take this and withstand Satan. He chose to do that. When he created the heavens and the earth, God had all power and authority. And then in Genesis 1-6, when God created Adam and Eve, he said, let them have dominion over all the earth. And you put that together with Psalm 115-16, which said, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. God had ownership of everything by, oh, thank you for putting those up, and I didn't even read them. Thank you. Um, God had ownership of everything by right of being the creator. I mean, he's the one that made it, so clearly he owns it. But he gave dominion or rule, whichever word you want to use there, 
over the earth to physical human beings. So obviously God has the right to the earth, but he chose to be like, here, Deb, you take care of it. So he gave that right to us, not just to Deb, but Deb's my example. I mean, Deb can take care of stuff, but it's cool. Satan has never had the right and power to rule over the earth. God never, ever, ever handed the keys of this earth to Satan. Never happened. He took it, Satan took it, through deceiving man to sin. God gave that power to mankind, and when man fell, he yielded his God-given authority and power over to the devil. Satan was never given power by God to oppress man or rule the earth. Because how messed up would that sort of God be? If he made this earth, if he made it as beautiful as he did, if he made us because he loved us, and then he turned the keys of this earth over to someone who just wants to torture and steal and kill and destroy, it was like, here, do life with them. He never wanted that, ever. Scripture does say that Satan is the god of this world, but it is not because God made him the god of this world. God never put Satan in a position over mankind. He gave mankind dominion and authority over this earth. And the only reason Satan has ever been able to oppress, dominate, or cause the problems he does is because people give their God-given authority to him. That's it. Satan wouldn't have a chance on this earth if people knew whose they were. If people knew whose they were, Satan would have nothing. That's one of the issues that came up with Adam and Eve is that they, did, even though they spent all this one-on-one -on -one time with God, they still didn't know God because they thought that God was keeping something from them. They thought that they could get more by listening to this tiny little Slytherin snake than just talking to God about it. They didn't know him. And that's where Satan has had a foothold with our society is because we don't know that we are kept by him and not by Satan, but we're kept by God. We are taken care of by him. We are his. Oh, that's so vitally important. Goodness gracious. This posed a real problem for God because he's a spirit, and he gave authority over this earth to physical human beings. Only people who have physical bodies have the authority and power to rule and exercise influence in this earth. Satan has to come to us and get us to yield our authority to him. That's the reason that he likes to inhabit a body. In scripture, demons have to have a body to possess because Satan can't do anything unless he is using a physical human body to work through. Because God is a spirit and has given authority to physical human beings, now, in a sense, he has his hands tied. And so, just, that's how good our God is. God won't break his word, ever. And, and I know that that's a weird place to be like, how good are you? Because he's seeing us in pain and his hands are tied. But that, what that should do is that should reinforce in our mind that God's never going to lie to us. He's never going to back out of something that he's promised to us. He's never going to withhold anything from us that scripture tells us he's given to us because he's spoken it and he said it. And if he said it, it's going to come to pass. If he said that, man, I give earth to you, then earth is man's, even if we're doing something with it that we shouldn't be doing. God has, oh, it, it's going to say it later on, but God has integrity, ma'am. That's the hope, too, that, you know, even the places that we have 
Mm -hmm. You can still reclaim that back. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. To, to realize that, no matter even if you've given it away, you can still claim it back. You are a daughter. You are a son of God. Yeah. So now you know, and now you can move in that. Absolutely. It isn't because God doesn't have power and authority, but because of his integrity. He gave authority to physical human beings, and to be true to his own word, he can't just take it back and say, this isn't the way I wanted it. Time out, stop, we're going to do it better, and we're going to do it my way. No, God bound himself by his own word. Throughout history, he looked for someone he could flow through, but the problem was that all men, all men, were corrupted and yielded themselves to Satan. Even the men in the Old Testament and the women that we hold up on these like huge pillars, the pillars uh, like Abraham. You look at someone like Abraham, who was the father of faith. Even Abraham was corrupted in some way. Even Abraham yielded over some part of himself to the devil. And God can't flow through that. God has to flow through something that has given himself to him. So what was he supposed to do? What God finally did was come to the earth himself and become a man. And this is tremendous when you understand it, because now the devil was in big trouble. He had been using mankind's power, but God couldn't intervene directly to solve all these problems because man was willfully, legally yielding his God-given authority to Satan. And you know, I can just imagine that Satan, as the little punk rascal that he is, is like, ha, 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 I tricked God, I got man to give me his power, nothing you can do now. I bet he never saw it coming that Jesus was coming. Like, how, oh, how cool is that? Satan was wrong in what he did. And this is another toe-stepping moment. But Satan was wrong in what he did, but man gave him the authority and power. Man gave him the authority and power that was ours. Satan was wrong in lying to him, but we gave Satan all that he has. Satan didn't have any of that on his own. Satan was fallen from heaven. Satan had just been kicked out of heaven with God, and he came to this earth and had nothing. All he had was lies. But he lied well enough to have us give him our power. That's all he had. And so I bet he was just some punk kid that's just all smug as can be, thinking that he's outsmarted God. But now here came God, and he was no longer only the spirit, but was in the form of physical flesh. This put the devil in a bad situation, because God not only had authority in heaven, but as soon as he became man, as soon as Jesus was born, he then had authority over the earth. Jesus said in John 5, 26 through 27, the Father has life in himself, and he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the Son of Man. And he was referring to his physical body, to Jesus. Jesus came and exercised God-given authority. The devil tempted him, and Jesus never yielded to him. Satan lost in every single battle with him and then jesus took our sins died for them went to hell rose again and said in matthew 28 18 and all perfect i have been given all authority in heaven and on earth he won back the authority that god had given to mankind or to mankind which man misused and as god in the flesh jesus now had all authority in heaven and earth 
And in the very next verse, he said, now you go and you do these things. And in effect, he was saying, I now have all authority in heaven and earth, and I'm sharing it back with you. How unbelievably merciful is our God that we willingly gave our power to Satan and as soon as he got it back, he's like, here, I, want, I still want this for you. His will for us never changes, even when we missed it. Even when we gave up what God gave to us, to Satan, as soon as God gets it back, he's like, here. It's like, Jacob, can I use you for an illustration for a minute? You don't have to stand up. Is that okay? It's like if Jacob had this Bible that his mom gave him, and I took it, and I had it, and Jacob didn't have it anymore, and then his mom came up and beat me up and gave the Bible back to him. It's exactly what happened, more or less. I mean, it's not like it was just the Bible, but God had given us everything, and we just gave it away. And then Jesus came down and whipped him and then gave the power right back to us. That is how merciful our God is. He just wants the best for us. And the best even after we had missed it for so many years, the best was still us having dominion over this earth. And even though we had not done it well, God still wanted that for us. And so we're going to look at that. But then th that puts you in an interesting thought process because there's the saying out there that if you do something repeatedly and expect a different reaction to take place, then that's insanity. And, well, God's not crazy. God may do stuff that's weird to us, but he's not crazy. So if he had just given the authority back to us as a whole by ourselves, then we would clearly miss it again, and we, he would have to do it all again. So there had to be some sort of foolproof way to make sure that we weren't going to mess up and lose it. This time, there's a unique difference in the authority God has given back to us as believers. Our authority is a joint authority with Jesus. It's no longer given to us solely as it was Adam and Eve. They could give the authority away, allow the devil to oppress them, and basically be hopeless. But today, our authority is shared with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like having a joint bank account that requires both signatures in order to cash a check. Our authority is shared with the Lord Jesus, and his authority is shared with the church. There's no way that we can miss it this time. There's no way, no way at all that the earth is given back to Satan. Even if we give and give and give Satan all this power, God still holds the keys, which means that nothing is ever too far gone. Nothing. So no matter what this world looks like, no matter what this country is seemingly coming to, no matter what is taking place, God still has the keys. We have to exercise that authority. But even though we may have given over our authority at some point in time, we can get those keys back as soon as we want them. We can stop Satan's attacks as soon as we choose to. We've never, ever gone too far that God can't fix it, ever. And here's the thing with that, is that while that's so hugely important to know that Jesus hold the keys, we are not to view ourselves as Jesus' charity case. Jesus didn't come down here to do what he did because we were broken and because we missed it and because he was mad at us or because he had to or because he's so much better and we're so lowly. 
We're one with Jesus, okay? It's not here and here. It's we are one in Jesus. And that goes back to knowing whose you are. Because it's not just that you're God's child. You're one with Jesus. Deb is one with Jesus. Dixie is one with Jesus. So even when Dixie misses it, Jesus hasn't. Which means that Dixie is still winning. Which means that she still has victory over all things. Which means that any time you fail, any time you mess up, it goes back to the marriage sermon that Brian and Nicole preached. And Nicole said, you know what, you shouldn't be mad if, like, if, if George and I were having a disagreement and George was correct and I was wrong. I'm not supposed to be mad that George is right. I'm one with, or I'm going to be one with George. And that means that when he wins, I win. Which means that even though Jesus is perfect all the time, and in our flesh we may never, ever, ever measure up on this earth, we are one with him, so we win with him. This message was awesome. Although we may fail, God is never again going to sign this authority over to the devil. Satan is absolutely powerless. He has no ability to do anything in your life except what he deceives you in and what you voluntarily yield to. You may give him authority in your life. You may suffer personally for it. But the God-given authority that was given to man will never again pass solely to the devil. It is now shared between us and the Lord Jesus, and he will remain faithful. Regardless, you need to recognize that you're the one who now has authority and the power. Satan is fighting with your thoughts, and your weapons are such that you can take these thoughts captive. You can recognize that it's wrong for the devil to oppress you physically, and find out what the scripture has to say about healing. John 8, 2 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You're the one who has power and authority. God has given it to you. And the only thing that keeps you from exercising it is that you haven't taken your thoughts captive on it. You haven't used these spiritual weapons to renew your mind and to realize what you have. It's encouraging to find out that you're the one with the authority and the power. Priscilla and I went to a movie this week. And in the movie... There was a really cool moment. We went to go see War Room. And in the movie, there's this point where it, it's about this marriage. And this marriage is seemingly failing because they're fighting with each other. They're just fighting against one another. They're fighting against one another. And this woman goes and sees this uh, lady who's been spiritually mentoring her. And she's like, you're fighting against the wrong thing. You're fighting your husband. And you shouldn't be fighting your husband. You should be fighting the real source of this. And so there's a scene where she realizes, my husband's not the source of all this frustration. Satan's been doing this, and Satan doesn't have a room to do this anymore. And she more or less kicks Satan right out of her house. And that's what we need to do. We need to look at our lives honestly and truly examine them and realize where we've given Satan the room to move. If it's in our thoughts. And you know what? A lot of it is in our thoughts. If it's in our speech. And a lot of it's in our speech. What are we saying? What are we thinking? What are we letting ourselves do? And as we're honestly examining ourselves, forgive yourself. Because you know what? You've missed it more than you think you have. And I know this because I miss it a heck of a lot. But when I'm honest with myself and I'm honestly examining what I'm doing, it's so easy for Satan to come in there 
even in that moment where, you're, where you realize, you know what, I've given Satan all this power. I cannot believe I do that. I know better than that. And you're in the process of asking for forgiveness. Satan comes right in. He goes, you sure did do that. Man, you sure stink, don't you? And it's like this stupid little, it's like this little Satan devil that's on your shoulder and like the angel that's on your shoulder. It's like that devil voice has a really loud voice in your head that's like, you've missed it. You've messed up. I cannot believe that you just did this. And so rather than feeling condemned by this, realize that there's nothing that you've done that's too far. Realize that even in your biggest mess-ups, God still hasn't messed up and you have that victory with him. Even if it's the, the, one of the things that you've struggled with forever, Jesus never, Jesus never gave in to that thing, so your victory is in him. We need to stop fighting against Jesus. And honestly, that's what, that's what I've done a lot. I'm not going to put it on you guys, but I'm going to put it on me. It's what I've done a lot because I compare myself to Jesus sometimes. And I'm like, stink, I'm awful. Like, goodness gracious, I'm nowhere near where you are. Rather than realizing that he's a part of me and I'm a part of him through his mercy and his goodness and the salvation that I was given because God loves me. We need to stop fighting against Christ and realize that we are fighting. We don't even need to fight. God did it for us. Our victory is already given to us, and all we have to do is tell Satan to shut up. We just need to keep our focus where it needs to be and stop letting him get in our head and pull us 50 different ways. We need to stop letting our mouth speak out lies. We need to stop looking, and you know what? I do this. We need to stop looking at our country and saying Barack Obama is the worst president in the world. We need to stop doing that. We need to stop looking at the state of everything and saying, look at all of the room that Satan has been given. Look at all these footholds he has now. But rather realize that we have authority as believers to take back whatever Satan's been given. We can reclaim everything because we are gods. We are Jesus' brothers and sisters. And nothing is ever too far out of our grasp. It's a matter of training our minds training our mouths, and pointing our hearts honestly toward God. It's being all in and realizing that in being all in, we have victory over everything. That's the authority that we have as a believer. We have the authority to change the world back the way that God designed and intended it to be. So with that, we're going to move on to some questions now. Because <laughs> if I keep going, there's going to be no sermon today. So it's cool. <laughs> but so in Genesis 3.1, um, do, do you have the question verses? Oh, you're so good. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Okay, so Satan does exist. But his real power exists in his ability to deceive us. What did the serpent try to get Eve to question? God's word. Absolutely. That's the first thing that Satan will go after. Because you know what? Satan knows the word too. I'm sure that as he got kicked out of, the, as he got kicked out of heaven, he had plenty of time to read that Bible back and forth. And he knows it and he's going to try and trick you with it. But gen, um, why do you think that Satan used deception? 
because he had no other authority and it is the only tool he has. He does not have force. He has no way of going up against Chris Bivens and pushing him into anything. He has no way of telling him where he's to go and what he's to do. Because really, how many people can go up against Chris Bivens? He's, he's a Highland gamer, so it's cool. <laughs> In Genesis 1, 26 and 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the smallest animals that scurry along the ground. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So, just real quick question. Who gave man his authority? God. There we go. So God did that, which means that it's good. And then in Psalm 8, 4 through 8, it says, What are people that you should think about them? Mere mortals that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. How did God create man? In his image and with his same dominion. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan is the god of this world, has, bl has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. What does this scripture indicate what happened? Like, what, what, is, this, what is this saying that Satan did? deceived them, blinded them up. The answer, like verbatim, that was written was that Satan took man's authority away and became the god of this world. So he tricked them, and then he took that exact same authority over for himself. So Matthew 4, 8 through 9. Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory and said, I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. And he's talking, Satan's talking to Jesus at this time. And the question is, does this verse reinforce what we just said, that God, Satan's the God of this world? Why, well, yes, it does. And then Matthew 28, 18, after Jesus' death and resurrection, who now has all authority in heaven and in earth? Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus has all authority. Jesus has all authority and then shared it with us. And then the next question is, to whom has the authority been delegated to? Us. Jesus had it and then gave it right back. So stinking cool. Ephesians 1.19 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power. The exceeding greatness of God's power is toward believers. Our God is just so good. He's just, it's just unfathomable to be like God. Like, it's just, 
that point about giving, giving the power back to us, he had no reason to do that. None. He had seen what man could do, would do probably again, and yet he did it anyway because he just loves us so much. And God's first plan for us is always the best plan. And so God had the ability to change all of that and to still have dominion over the earth by himself, but that wasn't what was best for us. That wouldn't let us as humans reach our greatest potential. We wouldn't be able to love God the same way if God still had all of the power. But he shared it with us because he loves us. Because he wants us to be able to be in his image, to stand like him. He doesn't oppress us, and he has not given anything to Satan to oppress us with. So hear this and be encouraged by it to know that we have the power to change everything. That's the authority that we have. If something's happening in Daniel and Amari's life that they don't want to happen, they need to honestly and truly examine what's going on and where Satan may have been given a foothold, and that may be on them, but you know what? Jesus has already paid for that and has already forgiven it, and it's done, and all they need to do is just choose God. That's all it boils down to is just choose God. And where you haven't chosen God, choose him now. That's all you need to do. And that's what needs to happen to change the direction. Not just of our lives, but of the lives of everyone around us. Because if his grace and his mercy and his goodness is flowing onto you, it's going to flow onto people around you. And that's what's going to change the world. I'm not quite like Brian today. It's 20 of. I'm doing pretty well. Hi, Brian. Um, so with that, I'm going to pray, and we're going to, people that need to park, go park. People that are going to pray before service, we're going to do that too. But this same sort of excitement and eating up the word, hold on to this, because today's message is going to be powerful, and it's going to be great. So Father God, we love you. We come before you today, and we just praise you and lift you up and thank you for your exceeding goodness over things that just blow our minds. God, you are just so wonderful and so loving. And though we may not feel like we're worth what you've done, you've chosen that we're worth it. You've decided that we're worth it. And God, we thank you for the authority that we have as your children, as your co-heirs, to stand up against all things that the devil has planned against us. God, we thank you that as we clothe ourselves with you, we can and will stand against all attacks, against all strongholds, we'll knock them down. God, I thank you that there is a freedom coming over your people today to open their spiritual eyes, see like you see, and knock down the things in their lives that are not supposed to be there. God, we thank you for the boldness that is coming over your people today, that they will rise up as you've called them to rise up. They will go make disciples. They will not let Satan have any sort of authority or power in their life because you and your son are 